1: You are locked on Packers. I feel like we
0: can run the table. table. Your
1: daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Touchdown!
1: You are locked on Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today on the show are Locked On Crossover Edition, week four. Locked on Packers, Locked on Falcons, Aaron Freeman from Locked on Falcons will join the show to break down a Monday night matchup. Our schedule does not change, even though the Packers schedule does. So a lot to get to on today's show when it comes to trying to break down this matchup between the Packers and the Falcons, because we really haven't done a lot of work on that to this point. Part of that is we had Mike Sando on the show yesterday to talk about Packers. So we, we still need to spend some time talking about the Falcons. We will do a lot more of that on the Friday show and on the Monday show to come. Before we dig in today, today's show is brought to you by Visa. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or your favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol to tap and pay with contactless Visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. Before we get to my conversation with Aaron Freeman for our crossover Thursday, I want to I want to address some things that have been out there because – there is some skepticism of this Packers offense. And part of the reason there's been some skepticism is, you know, you look at the first two weeks in particular and you say, okay, well, the Vikings can't win a game. And the Lions, they're one and two. And the Saints, they're one and two. Maybe these teams just aren't very good. And I think it would be easy to say, well, look, we haven't seen them perform at this level. And so, We have to be dubious of it. It can't be the case. They've made a jump on the level that we've seen so far. The problem with that is not only is this the best offense in the league by EPA per play, for example. It is a historically great team right now. And Mike Renner, who had recently been on this show, uh, tweeted yesterday that You know, this is a team that in terms of its scoring per drive is ahead of all time great offenses like the 07 Patriots, the 2018 Chiefs, the 2011 Packers, some of the best offenses we have ever seen. This 2020 Packers offense in terms of points per drive is scoring at a higher rate. We've never seen the Packers in modern times be as efficient as they've been. That includes 2014 when Aaron Rodgers won MVP and they went to the NFC Championship game and they were, you know, the best offense in the league. That includes 2011 when they were the best offense in the league. Aaron Rodgers wins MVP. It includes the 2011 Saints who saw a, a incredible, an incredible Drew Brees performance. And this offense in 2020 for Green Bay has been better. So the, the reason I bring this up is to say it really doesn't matter who they have played. They could have played the, the Jets, the Giants, and the Jaguars, or, or, or pick three trash teams. It's two New York teams and whoever you want to say. I mean, that, those are the teams you're going to pick. And by the way, the 49ers have actually played two of those three teams to this point. You know, the Colts who have the number one defense in the league right now by DVOA, they play the Jets. It helps to, to be up against those teams. So when we talk about offense or defense, you say, oh, well, they played Team X, they played Team Y, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, everyone else has been in the position – of playing some mediocre teams. There have been dozens of teams over the years who have been in this same position and they haven't produced in the same way. So I don't find it at all convincing when we have these arguments and these discussions. Oh, well, the Packers haven't played anybody. The Vikings defense looks like it sucks. The Lions defense might not be very good. The Saints defense, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Okay. If you want to make that case, go ahead and make that case. The problem with that case is plenty of teams to start the season have played worse opponents, including teams in the league right now, this minute, and their offenses have not looked like this. This is historic top 10 all time offense type stuff. And through three weeks, you know, maybe even better than that. So it doesn't matter. I mean, if they were playing the Big Ten, you wouldn't expect them to be this effective. Okay, maybe the Big Ten. But they played three NFL teams. NFL teams that, you know, week one, the Saints beat the Bucs, who everyone thinks is really good or could be really good. And the Lions beat the Cardinals last week in a matchup of teams that no one really thought the Lions were very good at this point, and everyone thought the Cardinals were this great team, or or this this on the rise team. And so, but the Lions don't get any credit for winning that game. It's all oh, Kyler Murray sucked, whatever, blah blah blah. Of course, we can't give the Lions any credit, and part of that is well, well, if we if we don't give the Lions any credit, then we don't get to give the Packers any credit. And I'm not suggesting that. This is being done to intentionally subvert credit to the Green Bay Packers. I think that's, you know, ridiculous. But it is interesting that when we see things that confirm our priors, we are very quick to say, hey, see. And when we see things that don't, we go, well, fluke. Well, we need to see more. I need more information on this. And that's just not how this functions so many times outside of those situations. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Pass. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and ridiculous plays where football never stops. Catch all the breakout stars from every game, every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective. As they break down the game's concepts and techniques, learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films Library. Go to NFL.com/slash Game Pass to get your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. Today's episode is also brought to you by rockauto.com. One of the worst experiences you can go through is going to a big box store and trying to buy auto parts. Not only Is it an intimidating experience if you don't have the requisite knowledge? You might get duped into paying more. And in fact, it might just be built in that you have to pay more because you're not a professional mechanic. RockAuto.com wants to do away with all of that silliness. They're a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for all the auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers at the same low price that anyone else who goes on the website will get. This is not the kind of place that's going to say, hey, you're a mechanic, oh great, you get a different price than the average person who comes in here to try and buy the exact same part. If you didn't know, that's a real thing that happens in the auto part business. Why spend 30, 50, 100% more for the exact same auto part at a chain store? Go to rockauto.com, their unique and remarkably easy-to-navigate catalog is there for you to quickly get all the parts available for your vehicle, and then you get to choose the brands and specifications and prices that you prefer. Go to rockauto.com now and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us section so they know we sent you. All right, we are set for another crossover Thursday, Week 4 edition Locked On Packers, Locked On Falcons. I am Peter Bukowski. With me, Aaron Freeman, host of Locked On Falcons. And Aaron, right now, this could not be a matchup of two more divergent franchises uh, seasons. Right now, the Falcons have had gut gut check loss after gut check loss uh, this season. And the Packers are are flying pretty high. I have to imagine that, that this is a a fan base in particular that has not felt this low since a certain uh, twenty eight to three situation.
0: <laughs> it, it never fails. I can, I can't do a single <laughs> crossover on Locked On without someone mentioning twenty eight to three. Um, no, I just but thought we you're... get it out of the way early, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's true. Like you, you you've told no lies. Uh, you know, I, I think using the term gut check is is a kind way of putting it. Uh, just embarrassing. Uh, losses the last couple of games where the Falcons easily should have won those games. Mathematically speaking, there was pretty much no chance of them losing the games, but they found (laughs) ways to, to do so similar to that Super Bowl, as you mentioned. And so you're right. This fan base is, is fed up. They're itching for, uh, many are itching for Dan Quinn's dismissal. And I think some are even potentially going to be rooting for the Packers to, uh, blow out the Falcons uh, in such a fashion that Arthur Blink will have no choice but to fire Dan Quinn after a very disappointing 0-4 start uh, to the Falcons season if they should lose on Monday night.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't help that it's primetime, right? And these are things that maybe shouldn't play into the deciding factor, but if you go out in primetime, national audience, it's the only game that's going to be on and lay an egg. That matters more, especially to owners, than uh, you know, just a Sunday afternoon game where you don't play particularly well. And and the Falcons, by the way, have been on some of these national TV games already this year and done that. The Cowboys game is another one that comes to mind. So, I mean, the high-profile losses would theoretically matter more, no?
0: Yes, I, I think so. And I think this is the game that I think a lot of people have been looking towards the last couple of weeks that if the move was going to be made it might happen this week I've been a little skeptical of that just because I think the fact that it is on Monday night and if you were to move on from your coach that coach would then have a shorter week to prepare for the next game uh, which will be their home game against Carolina in week five although what's notable about that game is that will be the first game in which fans will be allowed in the stadium at mercedes-benz stadium so there has been sort of this pressure and the question surrounding the falcons these last couple of weeks that would arthur blank want to submit dan quinn to the booing that will inevitably happen should they not have at least one win under their belt going into that game
1: yeah and and all that stuff obviously complicates um uh, the the storylines around this game but Plenty of things to talk about on the field as well. This is still a Falcons offense that is extremely potent. Calvin Ridley has has gone from hey, rising young receiver, really cool opportunity for him to oh okay, he's a full blown superstar now and and has been essentially unguardable in, in this offense, even without Julio Jones.
0: Yeah, he had a couple of big catches at the beginning of that bears game sort of taking over the mantle of julio jones unfortunately the falcons couldn't find ways to continue to get him the football i think that part of that is one of the things we talked about on locked on falcons this past week which matt ryan did not have a particularly great game um and that was no. a part of the reason why the bears were able to come back because the falcons offense really just couldn't sustain anything after maybe their first or second possession in the third quarter um but the interception
1: really- at the end was
0: unforgivable i mean you you a veteran quarterback of
1: matt ryan's quality absolutely cannot make that throw
0: yes you're right and but going back to ridley you're absolutely right about him he's been lights out he was unguardable in the dallas game um you know could have even put up bigger numbers than he wound up putting in that game just because he was pretty much open every single snap um (laughs) and you know i think that's going to be the thing that is going to have to carry the Falcons offense moving forward because we don't quite know what the status is of Julio Jones going into this game. There's optimism, at least this early in the week, that he will be able to go because there was optimism last week that he would have been a game-time decision. I think it's a similar dynamic to the situation the Packers have with Devontae Adams. I'm sure we'll talk about that later. But Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where I think you know, the Falcons are going to have to find a way, if Julio Jones is not... Able to go in this game, the Falcons are going to have to find a way to make Calvin Ridley look even better than what he has been, because at this point in time, they're dealing with a lot of injuries. Uh, Not only the Julio Jones, they had a concussion to Russell Gage, who's been their number three receiver, who's had surprising success this upcoming season. Hayden Hurst has had his moments so far this season. But hasn't been sort of a featured part of the offense. So it's kind of the Calvin Ridley show um, until Julio Jones gets back. And so they kind of need him to continue to play at the high level uh, to have really much of a shot against his Packer team, because I think ultimately it's going. Obviously, it's going to come down to who scores the most points in this game. But I think it's going to be <laughs> a situation where The Falcons, if they have any chance of winning this game, they are going to have to be willing to get into a shootout. And riding the Calvin Ridley train, I think, is their best chance of of being able to maximize that.
1: Yeah, in that Cowboys game, uh, Calvin Ridley, seven catches, 109 for two and two touchdowns. Uh, Scoring points has not really been the problem for the Falcons this season. 25 in week one against Seattle. 39 in week 2 against Dallas and then 26 against the Bears who I think are one of the few teams that actually has a defense so far this season uh, defense has been a major issue around the league certainly has has been an issue for the Packers at times what is going on with this Falcons defense because they have really not been good for a couple of years now and that's supposed to be you know the the raison d'etre for Dan Quinn
0: yeah i mean you know how much time do you have peter <laughs> um it, i guess the the quickest explanation is that the falcons by and large when their defense was on the rise a couple of years ago particularly during their super bowl season and their playoff season after that they had one of the better secondaries in the nfl with guys mm-hmm. like desmond trufant and robert alford as their top two corners brian Poole was their nickel guy keanu neal and ricardo allen were their safeties Obviously the last couple of years they've had injuries to count O'Neill. He hasn't looked like the same player coming off of an Achilles tear in an ACL injury. Ricardo Allen's been beat up this year. Uh, but, you know uh – their replacement in Demonte Casey while he gets a lot of interceptions and that shines on the box scores he's not necessarily the consistent sort of uh, level-headed safety and instinctual safety that you really want at that position and their cornerback play has taken a dip now I think relatively speaking their cornerback play given the relatively low bar that you had the expectations given how green some of those guys like Isaiah Oliver and AJ Terrell and Kendall Sheffield uh, were going into the season I think they've Gotten decent production for most of those guys. Obviously, Kendall Sheffield's not played yet this year. Dark Denard played really well in that Bears game, but is now on IR. So they're going to miss him. I think the issue with the Falcons, uh, to summarize, is that their secondary play has dropped off dramatically. And unfortunately for them, their pass rush hasn't quite compensated for that in a lot of ways that you kind of hope when you have situations like that. If your coverage is not going to be as good, you need to get more pressure on the quarterback. And while the Falcons are getting more pressure on the quarterback this year than they probably have in any other year under Dan Quinn, it's not quite to the level to mask the significant step back that their coverage has made over the last couple of years. So that's kind of the summary of why the Falcons defense hasn't lived up to the hype and the expectations uh, these last couple of seasons. And it continues to be a problem for them this year.
1: Yeah. It turns out if you struggle in coverage and, and don't have a great pass rush, it's really hard to have a good defense. I mean, that's it, it, the the formula is not hard to see. It's just really hard to implement the Falcons 24th in adjusted sack rate uh, just above Seattle, Detroit, and Minnesota, two teams the Packers have already played and and sliced and diced. So, if the Falcons can win this game on Monday night, what is
0: the path for them to get there? As I said earlier, I think it's got to be a shootout. I think they kind of need Julio Jones to come back and, and play well because I I think they will have a shot against this Green Bay defense, which you know from my perspective, and I'm sure you might differ on this i don't think has played particularly that impressively um and so i feel like that's i, I the do not one. differ okay <laughs> i think that's the one you know the green bay offense is firing on all cylinders against this defense you know they're going to drop 30 something easily um i think the question is can the falcons drop 30 something easily against this packers team and at least be in a position in the fourth quarter where maybe just maybe it will be on the offense's ability to win the game and not the defense's ability to lose the game as it has been the last couple of weeks.
1: Well, we uh, we will certainly see a lot of points on Monday. I think we are agreeing on that. When we come back, we will turn the tables and Aaron will ask me questions about the 3-0 Green Bay Packers right after this. You're worried about the Packers injury report. I get it. But what happens when you wind up on the injury report? The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is transforming the way healthcare is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. There are only 120 academic medical centers in the country. The Freighter and MCW Network is one of only two in the state and the only one in eastern Wisconsin. Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care research to find innovative cures for complex diseases and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. It's like having a two-time MVP quarterback under center. You know you're in good hands, and you might just see things you never thought possible. Fredert and MCW physicians have been part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent and treat diseases. Still wondering what academic medicine offers you? Visit www.freighter.com academic. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network. This
0: is what is possible. So, guys, we're picking up where we left off on this crossover Thursday, of course, joined by Locked On Packers host Peter Bukowski and Aaron Freeman of Locked On Falcons. And we're going to turn the tables and talk a little bit more about this Packers team now that you've heard sort of my thoughts on this Falcons team. Um, Peter, you know, let's sort of pick up right where we left off talking about the one vulnerability that this Packers team seems to have. I'm looking at their rankings in Football Outsiders DVOA metrics on defense, that they're 28th in the league, which is actually, in fact, worse than the Falcons, which is amazing that anybody can be worse than the <laughs> Falcons, given how poorly they have played uh, at times this year. So I'm just sort of curious to get your thoughts on sort of do you think that is reflective of how well or poorly this Packers defense has played, and is that a true vulnerability that potentially the Falcons could exploit? Well, I think if you if you look at it in aggregate, yes, I mean they
1: have uh, been an inconsistent defense, which I think is the best way to put it. Because if you if you look at EPA per play with a win probability between five percent and ninety five percent, so we're excluding um, you know real garbage time, uh, the Packers defense are, is actually uh, tenth in EPA per play overall and sixth. Uh, in in um, passing defense EPA per play, the problem is, uh, as Falcons fans will tell you, having a win pr- probability at ninety five percent, you need that other five um, yeah. percent because things can happen in there. If if you don't finish games, the Lions learned that in Week One as well. So that that other five percent does still matter. But the point that I have made is, you know, when when the game has been there to win or lose for Green Bay, their defense has done enough. That being said it hasn't played well enough. Uh they did let the Vikings back into the game in week 1, giving up 24 fourth quarter points and if not for a red hot offense that that kept the lead, that game would have been, you know, much closer than it was. They could have blown that game and they never really made a- any adjustments in that game. Now they made the adjustments in week 2 against Detroit. They were able to buckle down in the second half. In fact, they uh I think they almost outscored the Lions because of the pick six in the second half, um, or, or maybe it was eight seven. Um, but uh, against uh, a really good Falcons team, they're going to need to play a four quarter game because, as you mentioned, uh, you know, if it is a game a game late and the offense has a chance to win it, uh, it's going to be a pretty a tall tall task for this Green Bay Packers defense.
0: Now, on the note of their defense, I'm looking at some of the numbers, and it doesn't appear that the Packers' pass rush has been as effective as it was a year ago. I know nope. Rashawn Gary has made improvements But it seems like Mm -hmm. guys like Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith are not putting up the level of production that they did a year ago. I know Kenny Clark's been dealing with some injuries as well. Do you feel like the absence of Clark is sort of the key ingredient that's missing from this pass rush? What explains why this Packers pass rush seemingly went from one of the leagues, you know, three or four or best in the league last year to what Mm -hmm. has been pretty mediocre at best from my observations? No, the pass rush has been
1: bad. I mean, we can we don't have to be diplomatic about it. It hasn't been not just not good enough. It hasn't been even baseline. And and when you're paying Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith what you are, you expect an injury to Kenny Clark to not murder your pass rush, and unfortunately, that's what's happened. And and it was it was better in the half a game that Kenny Clark played, uh, you know, to have a a defensive performance against the Lions where you only allow 300 total yards. Even without Kenny Clark, you you like to see that. But if they don't have Preston and Z'Darrius Smith playing better, they don't have to be as good as they were last year. They were both outstanding last year. Z'Darrius Smith was one of the two or three best defensive players in the entire league last year. But to give you an idea of how far off this defense has fallen, Zedario Smith led the league last year in pressure rate, um, getting pressure on over 18% of his pass rushes. That's at 5% this year. That is uh, an ocean of difference. Rashawn Gary has been their best edge rusher this year. And while that would be fine in in a vacuum, if you were getting you know baseline production from those other guys, they're just not. And, and they're going to need that in this game. They're going to need that in games against the 49ers, games against Tampa Bay, when they get to the playoffs against Russell Wilson. I mean, one of the reasons they beat the Seahawks... In the divisional round last year was late in the game. Uh, they were able to get pressure on Russ and Preston Smith got a sack that sealed the game. Essentially, they they won games last year with their defense. They closed games with their pass rush. And even with all the points this team is scoring and putting opponents in a position to have to throw the ball, they're not able to get a pass rush. And it, it's really hard To come up with an answer for why Uh, the only thing I can think of and Aaron Rodgers mentioned this on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesday was not having crowds affects the defense more than the offense in terms of energy and life. And I think Preston and Zadarius Smith are certainly victims of that to this point. Uh, They they play with so much uh, energy and passion and they feed off the crowd so much. They vibed with this Packers fan base immediately last year and without that i just don't think they're playing with the same verve and juice and and when you don't have that it's really hard to to create a pass rush
0: now we've been talking here and it it, it seems like if you're a locked on packers fan that we're we're having this conversation that making this packers team look a lot more vulnerable than their 3 and 0 record would indicate <laughs> right. um so let's talk about the the thing that the packers are hanging their hat on with this offense and it's firing on all cylinders and i want to get your thoughts on that in particular and and the reasons why but i I do want to talk a little bit because this game has some meaning for falcon fans just because the person on the other sideline is matt lafleur who is a Mm -hmm. person that many people at the time back in 2017 when kyle shanahan left thought was a prime candidate to potentially take over play calling for the falcons of course the falcons thought otherwise and, and went in the direction of Steve Sarkeesian Lafour of course, went to uh, the Rams, uh, then went to Tennessee and, and is now in green Bay and seemingly, you know, showing why, you know, <laughs> the Falcons made a huge mistake in hindsight. I'm, I'm curious. Uh, in addition to, you know, why you think the, the Packers offense seems to be clicking uh, in a way uh, that it hasn't really prior to this. Uh, do you feel like, Maybe you know there's a little bit of extra pep in in Matt Lafleur's step to you know maybe put some points up on his former uh, boss's defense to uh, show them you know you you probably should have hired me maybe. I I do think Matt Lafleur his the way
1: he carries himself. You know he doesn't he doesn't see himself as an underdog, but he understands that other people do. And this is a coach. I I used I said this all the time last season. When I went and broke down Matt LaFleur's offense in Tennessee, when the Packers first hired him, I watched that Patriots game where they schemed up a beautiful game plan against Bill Belichick, including the same trick play the Patriots failed on in the Super Bowl against the Eagles. The Tom Brady where he dropped it uh, and they ran it for a big play with Marcus Mariota. That's a troll play call, Aaron. (laughs) Matt LaFleur trolled the Patriots and by the way they won that game uh I wouldn't I wouldn't say handily but they won it in part because Matt LaFleur called such a masterful game. I do think those things matter to him and if they and if they didn't um you know Aaron Rodgers the king of chips on his shoulder yeah. is thinking about it. I mean this is a guy who went on Rich Eisen uh this week and and gave Alan Lazard a laundry list of things to have a chip on his shoulder about. It's not even his shoulder; it's someone else's shoulder, and Aaron is is keeping the receipts on all these things. So, you know that that that's happening as well. I, I do think it's something to uh, to to keep an eye on. Maybe this is the week that they run that that why leak out the backside and and score a touchdown on it. I mean, this is the week that if you're going to be the the Kyle Shanahan descendant, you go into Atlanta and you run a peak Shanahan type game plan, score 40 points, and and give the sort of any questions.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, this Packers offense is is looking amazing. It, it, the fact that Devontae Adams didn't play last week and Alan Lazard basically, you know, came out of nowhere, so to speak, to ha- put up the numbers that he did is a testament to how well and how effective and how much this offense is firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. Um, is Is there anything? You know, just give the Falcon fans listening, uh, uh, throw them a bone. Is there anything that they, <laughs> they could possibly do to slow down this Packers offense?
1: Um, That's a good question. Um, I, I think right now, Mike Sando said this on my show yesterday, that if there is a team that can slow down this offense, it's going to be a team that can stop the run. And the problem is you can't sell out to stop the run because if you do that right now Aaron Rodgers is operating at a level that we haven't seen him operate at since about 2014 um but but maybe that could be a way to do it um the vikings sold out to stop the run and Aaron Rodgers against single high safeties just ate their lunch the lions tried the opposite approach we're going to rush 3 and 4 and drop 8 every every time and Aaron Jones beat the crap out of them. So that's the problem that any defense faces. I mean, if I had an answer for you, Aaron, I I, I think a team would hire me as a consultant yeah. because yeah. Uh, it, it's gonna take a lot. I think if you're the Falcons, um, their best defense is scoring a bunch of points and, and don't let the Packers stay balanced. Make them have to throw the ball more often than they maybe want to. If Devontae Adams doesn't play in particular, um, and you're and you're making the Packers win these one-on-one matchups. The problem is, you know, that's not really that's not really a strength of of this Falcons team in terms of being able to stop the run and and those deep shots. I think are going to continue to be there. So it it's tough, man. It it really is, and and I think that speaks to the the level this team is playing at. And and one thing I'll add is. Um, it would be somewhat appropriate if this is, as we talked about in the in the first block, if this is the game that ultimately you know calls for change in Atlanta because that 2016 season was Matt Ryan in year two with Kyle Shanahan, and this is Aaron Rodgers with Matt Lafleur in year two, and this offense looks a lot like that one did on a, the same kind of historic pace, and so there would be some some symmetry there. Of uh, of Falcons teams past,
0: yeah, definitely. Um, I'm sorry if that if that hurts the feelings of your listeners. <laughs> well, it was really a rhetorical question, Peter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing the Falcons could do. Um, you know, it, it'd be different if they were like the Patriots, and you know, right, that's a team that consistently can make teams play left handed. But the Falcons are the type of defense that always allows teams to play right handed, so to speak. Where whatever the other teams want to do. They generally are able to do the thing that they want to do against this Falcons defense. So it was uh, just you know throwing it out there into the into the <laughs> void. You know miracles can happen. I guess we, <laughs> we could say. Yeah. But I think you nailed it with uh, this game coming down to whichever team's offense um, winds up playing the best. Obviously, the Packers offense has shown that they deserve more than the benefit of the doubt in that regard. And we'll just sort of have to see if the Falcons can make this a game. Um, and and maybe, you know, a couple of critical mistakes uh, late in the game may, may give them a chance to win in the fashion that so many other teams have had the chance of winning uh, against them these last couple of weeks. But uh, we'll just sort of have to see what happens with this game. I'm definitely looking forward uh, to it uh, to see which Falcons team shows up. And, and obviously if I can't, enjoy the Falcons and how they're playing, I can look at the Packers and say, Hey, that's the offense that we always wanted to have here in Atlanta. (laughs) So I can enjoy it on that level as well. And did
1: have briefly by the way. So it's not like, you know, that they they didn't get to enjoy it. Uh, But no, it's, it's going to be a fun game. And, and the Falcons are one of only two teams in the Aaron Rodgers era to play at least five games against the Packers and have a winning record. So, um, that is something certainly that Atlanta fans can hang their hat on. Just say, look, we we
0: play really well
1: against this team and, and they're right about that.
0: Yeah, but I I don't think Dom Capers is, is walking through that door, so. Correct. We'll <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Aaron.
1: Appreciate it, Peter. All right, I'd like to thank Aaron for coming on the show. Always a great time to talk to him. And we'll be back tomorrow. We're going to have our live show tomorrow, 5 Central, 6 Eastern on Periscope. Check us out there. Uh, Send us your questions on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Send us questions to the podcast at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-920. 341-3775 341 3775 to stay locked on pack